Morning, everyone. Good to see you. I um, think we're getting back into the swing of things now after the holidays. Um, I was telling somebody the other day, this is like the hardest part of the year for me because like, we don't get a holiday until Memorial Day where I work. So it's like five months. So that's why I take vacation <laughs> between January and, and June so I can get some time away from work. If you guys want to open your Bibles to Romans 13, that's where we'll be. Um, our reading uh, this morning from the first seven verses of Romans 13. So this is not an easy topic for me to speak on. Um, and it's, it's not because like I have doubts uh, within myself, but um, I I tend to find myself on the outside uh, with respect to this topic, even even among Christians. Now, I'm not saying like I'm better, but it 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 bothers me that I find myself to be so different. There are lots of different ideas presented in Christianity about how we um, interface with government, about how we respond to government, how we react to government. So this morning, what I would like to talk about is a Christian submission uh, to civil authority, or to the governing authorities, as translations uh, bring up. Now, we've had, we've had a lot of talk because of the election about honoring and respecting those in, in leadership. That's not what this lesson is about, though that's still true. Um, whenever people take charge that we don't agree with, um, we always have these lessons, right? I mean, it's, every four years, right, half, half of the Christians need to hear this, and the other half of the Christians are like, yeah, you better listen, right? Um, and it flips around all over the place, right? It's, it's politics. Satan using politics to divide the church is really what that is. So that, that's not this, this lesson. Um, we do need to honor our leaders, whoever they are. Um, and there's even mention of that in, this, in these passages here. But this is more like submission to government as an entity, um, what it is and what it represents and what it does. Um, I do not intend to stand up here and present my opinion on this topic. Um, Sometimes I feel like when we have conversations about submission to government with other Christians, there's a lot of like opinion. Well, this is how I feel, and this is how I do it. Um, at the same time, because there's such a wide range of of belief among Christians, um, I feel like I need to present this. This this is my perception of absolute truth. That's that's the best way I can put it. Like. I'm not giving you what Richard likes. I can tell you that. Um, I'm giving you the conclusion that I've reached by looking at truth. So there may be things I need to learn about God's word to hone that perception. That's why I say that. Um, but I'm not standing up here to present my opinion. So I hope you guys, if you see error, you won't just dismiss that and say, ah, that's just Richard's opinion. You'll, you will come and say, no, this is wrong and show me why, okay? So let's look at Romans 13 again. This is 
pretty extensive description, I think. The most extensive description I've seen that's just absolutely directed to Christians about what government is. Paul says every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Right, right off the bat, I, like, I disagree with Paul. <laughs> I, mean, I mean Richard, right? The flesh in Richard says no. God didn't establish, you know, Rome. Look at the Caesars did. Well, Paul says God did establish Rome. The authority they had was established. Whether or not they acted in concert with his design is a whole different discussion. Well, actually, that's not a discussion. That's a moot point. We know they didn't. Those who were in leadership positions made themselves out to be gods. Okay, that ends that conversation pretty quickly. But the authority that they had is from God. Okay, so if we, as, we, as we go on, right? Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. Okay, that makes sense. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior but for evil. Okay, Paul, I disagree again. I know rulers who punish Christians because they're Christians. Well, again, I think he's talking about the design and the authority, right? the purpose for rulers what they're supposed to be doing, right? Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Again, all of these statements about how the governing authorities are like instituted there, to reward good and protect good and punish evil. I have a hard time with that. Right? I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening. You know, you go back and look at the, in the Old Testament when the Jews were essentially a theocracy, right? God was king and he had given them laws and man, the guys in authority got... God just constantly saying, you're just fattening yourselves on the people. You don't care about justice. You don't care about mercy, the things that I, right? They weren't even the king. God was the king, right? They were sort of the underlings in this government in the Old Testament. Even that government was corrupt, right? So this, right, this description Paul's giving, right, that's, that's why I push back and say, well, no. If I don't see that, then I don't submit. But he never says that. He never says, oh, and if they don't do this, all bets are off. Right? That doesn't happen. So, keep going. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Right. Okay. There is another passage I want to read before we get in to talking about application of these things. And that is in First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two, beginning in verse thirteen. This is less detailed. Um, but obviously carries the same weight and the same idea. 
Peter writes, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him. And this sounds similar, right? For the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. As I said, in my perception, this topic is super straightforward. Like there's, there's, I just don't get confused by it. I don't want really to see shades of this. When the government says do this, and it's not a sin to do it, you do it. I do it. Let me just put it that way. When the government says don't do this, and as long as I am not committing a sin by withholding, right? well, then I do that, or I don't do that, as the case may be. That's just my perception of, of those passages. Um, carrying that out is not simple. Carrying that out is a pain. <laughs> I mean, it's a pain. That's the best way to put it. It's hard. There's so many laws, right? And even in our own system, in our system of government, where we don't have just a king who says, you jump, right? We've got an executive branch, a legislative branch, a a judicial branch. We have federal, state, county, city governments. Every one of them can write a different law. They can't write opposing laws, right? That's the purpose of the judicial branch is to sort all that out. There's only one that holds sway. But they can all make these different kinds of laws. I've seen laws that say it's, there, there's like these city ordinances. I have no idea where they come from or how they got there, but like it's illegal to, to have a, a giraffe on a leash in, in the city park on Saturdays. Like I've seen that in city ordinances, right? You can get on Google and look up all these crazy, weird laws, right? Some of them that have been on the books for like 200 years in places because one incident happened and they're like, okay, this guy's annoying the whole town. We've got to put a law that targets this, this, this man, right? So there's all these layers, right, of laws and tediousness, right? And then I would even make the argument that we're even subject to foreign laws, foreign governments when we're in their lands, right? I mean, when we go overseas, we still have to obey our laws, and now we got to obey these other laws because we're operating in their jurisdiction, right? But submission, I'll, I'll, I'll make this claim here, and this is part of my perception that I think is open uh, to challenge. Submission is the opposite of resisting or rebellion. It's not just the absence of it. It's the, actually the opposite. You guys remember um, when I don't know how, how many weeks ago it was, we talked about submission and how the whole sermon, the whole lesson was basically about service to our brethren. That's what submission was. It turned out to be really service. Like if I submit to Stephen, it's not like, well, I'm just going to wait around until Stephen gives me an order, and then I'm going to go do that order. 
know, it's like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to serve Stephen, right? And that's the submission kind of thing. Like, what, what, what am I doing to sort of lift him up and raise him, right? Now, there's lots of other things that submission entails, but when Paul tells us submit to one another, that's really kind of how it manifests itself, right? So it encompasses maybe obedience, right? Like if Stephen comes to me and says, hey, like this particular specific thing would really help me out. And I just say, okay, that's not a sinful thing for me to do. I do it. It's a matter of opinion. He asks me, I'm going to submit to it. But it goes beyond that, right? It encompasses obedience, but it goes beyond that. Um, I think submission to governing authority should be something similar. Um, we should conduct our lives in such a way that we make their task at ruling easier, not harder. Right? Whatever that means. And, and, and here, here's an example. Many moons ago when I was still in college, right, had a professor who just would just gloat about, I think it was Cobb County. It, maybe it was. I think it was Cobb County. Whatever it was. It was, a, it was a county on the north side. He said, whenever I get into that county, I just floor it. I drive as fast as I want to drive. He said, because there's a law on their books that says their radar guns have to be calibrated every 90 days. And he said, they never do it. They never calibrate their guns. He said, I've, been, I've had seven speeding tickets. Gone into court and said, what's the calibration date on his gun? And it's been out of calibration every time the judge throws it out. He said, I can drive as fast as I want to drive in that county because of that stupid law. He said, and I do it. Right? Well, obviously, right, when, I'm not making that up. Right? He, he, he told us that multiple times. He's like, I got out of another one this weekend. You know, he'd come in. You can see his goal isn't to get somewhere quickly. Because he's got to go to court and defend that. His goal is to just make a sham of the governing authorities because they're not keeping up with their own laws, right? Their own regulations. His goal is to take government, put it up on a pedestal, and make people point at it and laugh at it and mock it. By the letter of the law, right? He's not breaking it in the sense that they can't prove he's breaking it. But if you look at his speedometer, you know he's breaking the law, right? So it sounds like kind of a silly example, but it is a real world example. Like people will look through like laws and they'll find some way, some loophole to do something that they, they wanna do. And they're not worried about getting caught because then they get their opportunity to get on the stage and say, look at me. I've got you in a really awkward position. It's, it's just about ego. It's about pride. Right? That shouldn't be our attitude right? toward governing authorities because that, has, that attitude itself has nothing, no place in submission. Like, do we do that with each other? Like, I ate all your cookies when you weren't looking, but you didn't see me, so it didn't happen. What? <laughs> you can't prove it. All right. We we don't treat each other that way. 
Um, submission isn't about avoiding consequences, not getting caught. So here, here's another, maybe a caveat in our, not a caveat, a twist in our form of government, right? In our form of government, um, the legislative branch of our government writes the laws. The legislative branch says, thou shalt and thou shalt not. The executive branch just enforces those laws. Says, all right, well, what did the legislative branch say? Okay, I'm gonna go out and make sure that everybody's doing what the legislative branch says. What if the executive branch doesn't like the law? That happens. There are many times the legislative branch will pass a law. It will be signed by an executive branch at some point, and then a few years later, the executive branch looks at that law and says, we don't like that law. We can't take it off the books. We're just not going to enforce it. No one can go to jail for breaking that law. Can you break that law then? Are you still in submission? Is submission just about not having consequences? Again, Richard's perception is that's absurd. Just because the executive branch decides not to enforce it doesn't mean it's not a law. It is a law. Submission isn't about avoiding consequences. Submission is about submitting. I know this seems really like straightforward to me and I've had this conversation with people and they just they don't they don't see the same way I see it so I'm trying to present this as like my perception okay it's my perception what if every police officer in Georgia decided they would not ever again enforce the speed limit they came out and they published it on Facebook all over the news, no police officer is ever going to enforce the speed limit. But the legislative branch doesn't change and the signs are still left everywhere. Right? Oh, I know what would happen, right? The roads are going to be like the Audubon. But what does submission demand? That we still obey? Or because we can't be arrested and we can't be fined, we don't have to obey anymore. Right? You guys, to me, those are the same kinds of things. If the executive branch says we don't care, that doesn't mean that we can stop our submission, right? For whatever reason, I have this problem, and I know other Christians that have this issue. That we, we treat the submission to one another, and we treat submission of wives to husbands and children to parents as something completely different and submission to governing authorities. It's like a, it's a totally different animal, almost. It is in my head, but it's not in scripture. <laughs> when we go to Peter and we look at all the things of submission, that's just one like, item on a list of submission. Right? He doesn't say, oh, and when you submit to government, it's obviously different than children submitting to parents. It doesn't say that. Right? If we took our attitude, I'll, I'll make this personal. If I took my attitude toward governing authorities and applied that to you guys, we wouldn't have a relationship. 
I mean, it'd be it'd be ugly, right? Well, I'm just doing it because I have to do it, or I'm doing it as long as they're looking, or I'm going to get away with whatever I can as long as Blake doesn't find out. Because as long as there's no punishment, then I'm I'm submitting to Blake. It sounds crazy when we talk about it that way, but that's how we treat the government. That's how I treat the government. I don't want to put that on you guys. Right? That's not submission. In any shade, that's not submission. The the argument can't be made that that's submission. Did Jesus submit to God like that? Well, the Father's looking, so I can't do that right now. You ever say that? Submission to government is a pain because it's hard enough for us to submit to one another when we like each other. And when we see the people around us striving to do God's will, and we see our spouses striving to be a spouse as God defines being a spouse, and when our children, right, are at least submitting to our authority in the home. It's still hard, right? That submission is still hard. How much harder is it going to be to an entity that you don't respect? And we're commanded to give respect. Or an entity that we just deride all the time, right? We make fun of which makes it impossible for us to respect. I mean, we're not going to submit in that, in that instance. It's not going to happen because we've disabled ourselves. I'm not preaching at you guys. This is for me. Like, even though I see it plainly, as, as plainly as I'm describing it to you, not that I see it correctly, I see it plainly. I don't implement it plainly. I struggle with it every single day. I also want to make this clear. We're wrapping up. We're almost done. I'm not trying to attack somebody who is trying to submit to the governing authorities and it's just having a hard time doing it. Like, that's me. I'm not trying to attack that. I'm not trying to attack a person at all. What I am trying to attack, I am trying to attack, right, is this idea that submission in any way includes an attitude of, let's see what I can get away with. I do want to attack that idea. I don't think submission can include that. Those are two opposing ideas. God doesn't accept that attitude from us in any other realm of life. Wives to husbands, children to parents, Christian to Christian, sheep to shepherd. Well, as long as the elders don't know I'm doing it, I'm okay. 
They can't throw me out for something they don't have any proof of. It's not submission. Submission is almost, and I, I want to not say almost, submission is always about what the other entity gets from our relationship, not what I get out of it. Think about that. Submission is what the other gets. It's what it's about. Not what I get. It's what I give. What I give up or what I give away. That's what submission's about. So I want to challenge you, okay, to take a rigorous approach to this topic. And here's what I mean by that. Don't just go looking for loopholes in God's Word. Like take His Word and just say, well, I'm going to figure out a way that I don't have to submit to the authorities. We, we all know that if we're commanded by the authorities to do something that's a sin, we don't do that. The apostles gave us a very clear example. Whether it is right in your eyes to do this or that, you be the judge, but we must obey God. Right? The apostles were instructed not to preach. That's a sin. So they didn't do that. They preached. But if you are going to go looking for loopholes, I'll just sort of say Paul's already told us all things are lawful. I'll just give that to you. Like if your desire is to say, yeah, we need to submit to government, but I'm going to find a loophole. I'll just throw it out there. You've got loopholes. You can probably find some way to break every single law in the books. I don't know how, but Paul just said, I mean, he did that with the Corinthians. All things are lawful. But not all things edify. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Okay? So I'll just throw it out that what I'm challenging you to do instead is find something in the Word of God that shows submission to authority, governing authorities, is something that displeases God. I think I've found some passages that show submission to authority pleases him. So loopholes aren't going to move me off of that. Right? I've already found something that pleases him. If I'm presented with a loophole that says this is lawful, that's not going to help me. I'm, going to, I'm just going to shove that aside. I'm telling, talking about me, right? This is how you can help me. I need something that says here's evidence that God is actually displeased with you for submitting to authority. That can move me off of, the, off of where I'm at. Or, the similar thing, show me something in Scripture that says, when I disobey the governing authorities, God is happy about that. I mean, that's the kind of like rigor, when I say a rigorous approach, that's what I'm referring to. Not an instance where there was a loophole and all things are lawful. But a principle that says you should never submit because that displeases God. Right? Because these two passages seem to indicate the opposite of that. That constant submission always pleases God. That's my challenge. And I... And I know it, it, it can be turned into like kind of a flippant thing or sarcastic. It is absolutely not. Like, 
Because when you meet as many brethren that you respect and love who disagree with how to approach government, you cannot help but come away from that saying, I'm missing something. I've got to be missing something. And I, I mean that like sincerely. So I've done my best to show what I perceive from Scripture to be truth. Right? Um, what I believe pleases God from Scripture. I've tried my best not to give opinion. Um, so take up that challenge. Um, Paul's told us all things are lawful. So leave that aside. I'll put that on the table. But look for what pleases him. I, I believe it's submission. And I need a lot of change in my life to carry out submission the way God describes it when we're talking about the governing authorities. That's the lesson. I hope it's been at least thought-provoking. I hope it's been fundamentally true. If there are errors, you guys really need to point that out. I haven't talked about much about um, our relationship with God, except this one very narrow aspect, right? But none of this matters if we're separated from God because of our sin. I mean, this may be something, if we're just totally rebellious, that could separate us. But you need to have a strong, ongoing relationship with God for things like this to even matter. Right? Um, we're going to sing a song that Josh has selected, and, and it's, it's designed as a way for you to consider your stance, your position before God, and whether you are in that forgiving relationship, as Josh mentioned in his prayer, where his blood is cleansing you and has cleansed you from all your past sin. If you've been baptized and for whatever reason the thorns of this world or the cares of this world have taken you over, tell someone here, hey, I'm in danger. If you've never been baptized, right, tell someone here. Because I will tell you, you are in danger. You're in danger. And this is the time for you to consider that. And think about the fact that God intends and has been patient with all of us. Because he intends for us to be with him in eternity. So, if that is you, if that applies to you, then let someone know as we stand, as we sing at this time.